episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, Peter's coming live from his lake house. Yes. And it's just us, just the two of us. Just the two of us. And we it's can, we try. It's July 4th Eve. Yeah. Uh, otherwise known as July 3rd, right? Pete, is that true. correct? This is true. This is true. I like I like the Eve sounding. It just sounds more more magical. It does. How you are you about fireworks, buddy? Everything good. Yeah, we've already done the uh, We've already done some fireworks. We've already done some Fourth of July festivities. I got a little special treat for you at the end, as we uh, wish everyone a happy Fourth. But you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Um, what's uh, What's new? Everything's good. I just got back from my vacation. Um, I got back on Thursday a couple of days ago, and yeah, happy to be back in the office and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. What about you? Everything good. Just uh, yeah, join summer. Join summer. So we got a good. Little 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 pod today, just being you. I got a good little little. So we're going to talk about the summit. We got some updates, some speakers, some some things. I want to talk about one of the speakers that's coming. I know you want to talk about some current events because it seems like this is what this pod turns into sometimes. We talk about the affirmative action stuff, the student loan. I also want to talk about how July kind of marks the half first uh, the half of the year, the halfway mark through the year, and kind of some things to kind of audit. I want to talk about Fed Now. You know what Fed Now is? I don't actually. Did a little cursory looking online when that conversation came up in our group chat, but I don't know enough about it, but I'm happy you're bringing it up. Yeah. And now it's not just the two of us. Now it's the three of us. Trey. Oh, look at that. Um, You sent me a 10 a.m. Eastern time. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I know. know." (laughs) And then I looked down. I thought, yeah, I messed that one up. I'm I'm not on Eastern time. I'm in Central time. I'm Texas boy. For the audience knows, Trey's been leaving us waiting for 27 minutes, so. Yep. Uh, but but you know, good things come to those who wait. So Trey, you know, you're awesome, but you better bring even another level I'm of bringing awesome. Bringing the A game. I'm bringing the A game. Trey, I was going through kind of some things we're talking about, and then uh, so the Fed now I've got some cool things about Bitcoin. You know, I haven't talked about Bitcoin much, and I do get a lot of raving fans from that when I mention it. So I'm going to give some updates there because there's some interesting things going on in the space. And then I've got a little special to show you guys from a Happy Fourth of July thing. It's what's that? And then, and then I want to give some updates literally on what we're going to, I want to cover at the next upcoming pods we're doing one being something I'm calling the language of money. And it's basically going over how to talk business stuff, meaning, meaning the terminologies, what they mean. You know, a lot of people just gloss over like, yeah, yeah, EBITDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cash flow statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want to kind of go over language of money in preparation for us going over a term sheet an actual private equity term sheet for an LOI for a practice. I'm not going to say which practice it is yet, but I want to go over the term sheet so that people become, so the business acumen gets raised. And, and I say this guys, because no different than, I mean, you guys have heard me say this in, in summits and, and mastermind stuff. A lot of times I don't expect everyone to, to be the expert and do the thing that we're talking about doing, whether it's a marketing thing or doing this and that. But I think just creating a awareness about, for instance, marketing, right? You don't have to you don't have to know, you don't have to be the one doing the steps one through ten, but you kind of have to be aware of it so that you don't get taken advantage of. Same kind of philosophy, I think, with with us going over this private equity thing from an LOI standpoint, so that people just understand like what's the space look like. 
a little bit and not saying that I'm an expert, but I've gone through it a number of times and I, and I kind of study this stuff. And so I don't know, I'm, da- I'm a dangerous expert, if you will. So yeah, I think it's important. You need to know the language because if you don't understand the language, you're going to be completely abused to the process. So Craig, why don't you jump into any, any summit updates on your end? Yeah. So summit is coming right around the corner, August 11th and 12th in Vegas at the Wynn Win Hotel and Casino. And we still have some tickets left, which is awesome. So I tell this to everybody who asks, it's the greatest investment you can make in yourself and your team. And I would go so far to say, because I don't mind sensational stuff, and I truly believe this, that if you are not available because you, the doctor or owner of the practice might be having a planned family vacation during that time, I would wholeheartedly recommend you sending your team in, in replacement of you. Ideally, it's great if you can all go, but for those who have an obligation who cannot make it, send your team. I know Brandon Mack did that. I know a lot of different people years past have done that and it paid a tremendous dividend. So even if you don't have the personal time to go, what a great way to celebrate your team by investing in them. And uh, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be super informative. If you have a hygienist that wants to go, please send her as well. Office manager, assistant, the entire team can go, even if you can't. Let me second that. I brought an entire team last time and it was so beneficial for them. This time I'm still having people ask if they can go. As no they hear, There's another one. Yeah. So people that didn't go last year are now sending messages saying, hey, we'd really like to be able to go to this. Can we can we join the, the crew? It's hugely beneficial for your team. Frankly, way more beneficial for your team to be there than you are. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's a I think it's a feather in the cap. Let's for example, I remember taking some of my team to to conferences and things like that. This is pre-bulletproof. And it feels good, meaning meaning they get to see kind of what you do in your doctor environment, or they may be proud of you in this aspect, and they may be you know proud of the leadership, and they may see it in a contextual environment, right? Other dentists, other offices, and and it's I think it's, there's there's a lot of pride that can happen with them coming to an event, you know, and they get kind of feel lucky, meaning the chosen ones that get to kind of get invested in, and that reaps benefits throughout the year and years. I- yeah, Pete, we actually, we call them out like at the summit, right. like the first welcoming message is like, hey, who here had their doctor bring them like stand up, acknowledge your doctor. So we we call that out specifically. And the content is all designed around the team as well as the doctor. So yeah, that's, that's a huge call to you. Don't delay, do it. There's still room blocks. Uh, there is still room blocks, right, Pete? Yeah, I hope so. I don't, I don't know, but I know there's yeah, but, tickets. I don't know about the room blocks. The room blocks are insane, right? Because right now, like Vegas is super hot, especially as we're coming up to kind of, especially towards that time. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding the strip right now. Like, did you guys know that? Cause of F1. I did not. Yeah. It's insanity. So Vegas is just the hot place because F1 is going to be there in November and F1 is like the hottest sport right now. And it's got, it's the most expensive take. So Point is, Vegas is hot. Room nights are $800 if you were just to go room rack. And so, I don't know, Greg. I don't know if they're still available. But if they're not, there's tons of hotels, which is cool. Like, you don't have to stay at the Wynn. You know, you could stay down the street. Uh, gold, gold nugget if you want. You know, I, I do hear this. Just I, I hear people telling me all the time, like, hey, what's a good reward trip for my team? And I'm just, it just, you know, obviously, it's great to reward your team. And, you know, there's there's the booth cruises and all this stuff. And I say this stuff all the time. But. You can actually reward your team through an event like this, which is educational and fun. You don't have to pick one or the other. So again, just 
don't delay. Go to bulletproofsummit.com and register today. And the great news is we have the volume discount. So if you bring 10 people, you get 10% off and 20 people, 20% off. So it's a great investment in your entire team. So the speakers is is pretty cool. We've got a really robust, I love how it kind of builds as the, uh, you know, I love how the speakers are dynamic, meaning when we see value of someone who we think is going to be awesome for the summit, we're bolting them on. And now we're full, obviously, but, you know, like we've mentioned, Mark is coming, Paul Goodman's coming, Kyle Stanley's coming. Craig, is he going to talk about AI stuff or is he going to talk more? Yeah. He is going to talk some AI stuff. Yeah, he's talking AI and he's talking fulfillment and his uh, what he does with his wellness and dentistry. It's really cool. He's got like 3,000 people signing up for his webinars. It's awesome. Really? He's a badass, Kyle. Yeah, that, that seems to be a great platform for him and one that he's super passionate about. Uh, I remember we had him on the pod, Craig. This is, maybe, man, years ago. Like, Yeah, four years ago. Yeah, okay, four years ago. And he was kind of banging that drum back then. Uh, so... Chris also, Uchi Odiatu. We've got a non-dental. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's coming. Uchi Uchi is just a crowd favorite by by far, right? Like he just uh, he just gets people hyped up, and he just has such good energy. He's got good energy, and then you got to find him afterwards and have a cocktail with him because that energy just keeps going. Really? Oh yeah. yeah, he he was great to have have a drink with afterwards. So there's someone coming that you guys are probably not familiar with. He's a big deal in the SaaS space of operations. Craig, do you know who I'm talking about? Chris Ronzio? Yeah, from Trainual. Only so through the, you. He's the CEO of Trainual, which is, you know, multi, multi, I don't know, probably worth $100 million salt piece of software at this point. Chris is a fellow YPOer, but also I have a, I reached out to him recently because we have a little bit of history and I'm going to give you guys a funny story. This is a, this is a story where I fall on the, on the sword a little bit. So years ago, when in when Dental Train, as you guys have heard me talk about Dental Train, and it was started with Tim McNamara, and you know we branched out on this on this journey to try and help dentistry through fixing what I felt like was the biggest impediment to people's progress, which was training systems, operations, accountability, things like that. So Dental Train was launched, and so at the time we actually were talking to Chris. Trainual was new, and he said, "Hey, let's do it. Let's do a joint venture, and you, we can white label it for you." And so much to our, I guess, retrospect, looking back, it was a great offer. We, being naive, said, hell, let's just build our own software, right? Software seems really easy. Everybody's doing it. Let's just do this. So, so Dental Train was launched, and the IP was great. The technology turned to be like Chinese water torture, like just drip, drip, thousand dollars here. I mean, just continually leaking money. Um development is hard right and then staying on top of the bugs and all these things so point is landing the plane here with this story so finally after years of kind of just bleeding money and realizing that we are i'm a dentist and tim is a dentist and we just don't have the technological bandwidth to to continue to plug in money even though we've taken investor money right craig <laughs> thank you craig for your I, thank you craig. i am an investor no craig is an investor i didn't really hey. have a choice though pete the way it sounded the way you <laughs> positioned it it was like hey but I need you to. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have any more money and I don't really want more money in this. Can I need your money now? I need yours. Yeah. So anyway, it wasn't, I needed I'm like, I'm going to let you in. You're going to get, you're going to get behind the belt. The other reason though, I will tell you the other reason we didn't go with train your way back when 2016 was because it didn't have some of, 
of the technological things I needed. I needed screen captures. I needed signature signing. I needed to be able to tag people. There was all the things that we built into Dental Train, just a little bit buggy. Okay, so fast forward. Now it has all that plus everything. So my ecosystem, we have actually pivoted into Trainual. So I called Chris up and I said, hey, Chris, remember me? He said, yeah, of course I remember you. So we started talking. I said, so here's the, he's like, you kind of ghosted me like five years ago. I said, well, here's the deal. I thought that we could build it better and faster and cheaper. And why would I split half the profits with you? And he started laughing. I was like, so I'm here on bended knee saying like, I'm now a user again of your software product. We're using it at Atlanta Dental Spa. It works incredible. Uh, and, and he's coming to speak on from a business agnostic standpoint about just operations and systems and what they can, what he's seen it do for people's businesses. So he's a big deal. Just to I'm back excited. up a level so the listeners understand what the 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 gravity of what you're talking about is, is basically an Thank entire you. operations of a dental office in a video web-based platform, software-based platform. In a soft, in a SaaS-based, oh, yes. So an yeah. app where you can delegate, so you can create a module. You know how we're big fans of creating, you know, we talk about this in the mastermind a tremendous amount. If you're tired of like explaining how to do something, create a video and then it lives evergreen in perpetuity. And then you only do it once as opposed to 300 times. And, and, and you create the, the system on which you want it to go. So create it one time perfectly. And now it lives there. So what basically dental, I'm sorry, what basically trainial is, is things like you create a module and then you can assign those modules to new hires. So, so hiring is now not so daunting because they, they get bolted onto the new hire kind of protocol, if you will, right? So they Onboard, learn onboarding's not so yeah, onboarding, onboarding, right. yeah. onboarding for sorry. every single aspect of your dental practice, and then it logs in that they actually watched Did it. it. Accountability. That's the beauty of it. Everything's yeah. trackable. And I've made this mistake. I went in. I tried Trainual. Didn't really get it off the ground at first many years ago. And then I made my own videos, and we we host them on Google, and we do all that. And what's funny is you have all this effort put into training now. And no one watches them no, or, no. or you can't track that people watch them. So right. then you, you go ask, know if people, hey, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. So Craig, I don't know if you know this, but we've taken the amalgamation of like how I use that word, by the way, guys, just right there. The amalgamation yeah, of your tech from dental train and my tech from Atlanta dental spa from Spodak and have now created a template that mastermind, the new mastermind class is potentially going to get the software for free for a year mm -hmm. with bolted on bulletproof templates. Yeah, the software is cool, cool, but the content is so key. hundreds of modules, right? You know how people <laughs> yeah. are like, I need this, I need your, can I get a copy of your office manual? I'm like, why would you want that? But these are templates that you can go in and then modify to help help against help the pain point of the biggest pain point in dentistry, I think. And that's just my opinion again, but I see it being so. Craig, thank you for, yeah, going back up a level, but yeah, this is the process. Even something cool stuff like, you know, the NFC stickers. Yeah, is it NFC? Yeah, NFC stickers that you can put on, for example, your pano or your CBCT or your or your sterilization machines. If someone doesn't know how to use it, they just take their phone and wave it near that NFC sticker and your video pops up on how you actually run proper sterilization, how you actually take a CBCT, how you do proper tray setup, how you actually answer the phone, right? So like you can put these little stickers, little trainual stickers all over the place. It's just really, really neat. And I'm excited because I think it's going to help it's going to help pain. It's going to help the pain that I see uh, from coaching, you know, a couple hundred dentists now. Yeah, I think the software is great. But to both of your points, uploading the modules is the hardest part. And giving a shout out to like people like Front Office Rocks, which was a historic, you know, great way right. to, they uploaded modules and it was very beneficial, but it was not 
at the level that we'd want it to be. So having, you know, our own version of that and crowdsourcing it, making it refine the content is the, is really the king on that, not just the software. But for those entrepreneurial people and the the tech though, Craig, being able to tag and like like Trey was saying, being able to see someone's progress. Hey, you've done you've done only 50 percent of the modules that we've assigned to you, Karen. Like we need to get those done. Right. And signing with your finger. You know, I didn't get that. I didn't I didn't learn that. Yeah, you did. Here it is. You signed for that that you did kind of thing it's just it takes it takes a it's like it's leveling up your business acumen in my yeah, opinion it brings it brings to the forefront accountability which we can all put all this effort in to build these all these great things to get our teams up to speed and level up the game but then when it's not implemented and nobody's accountable it's all for nothing so this this takes care of that and really yeah. gives you an, a piece that lets you track it and you guys are gonna this is gonna this comment is gonna resonate with you guys because i think it's happened a number of times recently in our environment you hire someone, you culture index them. They think they're going to be a perfect fit. You go through and you train them. And then two weeks in, they quit. Or you don't, you realize they're not good for you. Or you realize they're not one of the two, right? Or the, the bane of a business and the quitting existence. thing is, in my opinion, where someone just bails or doesn't show up is where dentists throw up their hands. It's like, forget this, man. I'll just stay this same size. Like, I don't want to grow anymore. I'm just going to keep my people. It's too, too hard. It's too hard. And it is when you have to do one-on-one training all the time, right? As opposed to outsourcing it or creating a system of automation like this. And so never mind that the happens, cost, Pete. I mean, you're, you're training cost. on company time. So you're paying the trainer to train the person who's training, which you're also paying separate mm-hmm. this out once it's videoed i mean look at the time efficiency there's also an entrepreneurial opportunity too and i'm just kind of getting a little further down into you know in the weeds here but imagine if you tell your team especially your season team every time you do a module that's you know good you can get blank dollars uh, great you, idea you, i didn't think of that so great. you could actually tell your hygiene lead your crowdsource the learning crowdsource yeah. it mm-hmm. make it make a great module make it at least a minute or 90 seconds or whatever it is find out what we need to train and if i approve it and it's good and you make the video boom you get blank dollars for it that's amazing great that's idea great idea yeah yes. yeah so anyway i'm excited to meet chris i've never met him in person he just comes like i said he's got he's got a big reputation in the tech space i think he's gonna he's gonna just give us some awareness of you know like i said agnostic business he's not a dentist doesn't know dentistry although there are a lot of dentists in 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 train you'll believe it or not yeah how many um, already he, told, he has i don't know I like i want to say Craig, 700 people yeah it was a lot more than i thought it was something yeah. like i was like what it was you more know, than like, 500 <clears> which i thought was crazy but by the way, there's probably like 80% crossover similar content between all that. That's the biggest kicking kick in the ass is, is designing all that. Well, I said, you know, because I was able to see the friction from a dental train standpoint when we were in beta. I was like, let me guess, Chris, the friction comes from this. People look at your software and they say, wow, what a great idea. And then they get an account and then they log in and they say it's a blank canvas. And they're like, oh, wait, shit, we got to do all the work. Yeah, wait. Wait, wait, wait. And he said, yeah, and he started laughing. He's like, yeah, he's like, and that's just not in dentistry. That's in just all businesses, right? You, you start seeing the friction of like, wow, this is going to be a lot of work. And so that's where this template, right, that we've dumped hundreds and hundreds of hours in is going to, I, I think, really move the needle forward. And like I said, we're going to give it just to the masterminders and pay for the year of the trainual software, which is for your team, which is just insanity. So anyway, I'm excited. Let's jump into Kurt. Let's let's get off of this. I think we talked about the summit and the excitement of that and kind of pivoted there. Unless you guys have anything else on the summit. I'm deep in the weeds though of like of 
research and things like that about making sure, you know, cause we all have our presentations to do and, you know, you just, I'm obsessed with making sure that we're bringing the most current stuff. It's not a repeat of last year. It's really current knowledge. So I am deep in the weeds of all the things, marketing and tech and, and, and working with Erica and Craig. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. We've got 50 returning of, of the, so far, I think like about 50 or 70 people that are returning guests. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So there's some pressure there, bud. Make uh, sure it's not just a repeat. Yeah. Oh, it's never we, a repeat. We, we, we can mention y'all champion the summit a lot. And we, we preach that on this to mention it. And I think the summit also at the summit, we start talking about the next year's mastermind. But if that comes up and that opportunity is there, people should jump on that. Because just how you have repeat people on the summit, you've had repeat people on the mastermind. Yep. And that is a huge benefit to people. So, yeah, there's been. Thank you, Craig. Trey, you're right. Uh, you know, we actually have a list, of like a, a hard list of there's been a lot of interest recently on that. And so, uh, yeah, way more in the past for the mastermind, which is really cool. And, and as you, as someone who's been in it and involved in it for two years now, you've seen, you know, the transformations that have happened, not only for the people involved, but yourself, even, even that someone, your business acumen, right? You even get results. Someone like you even, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Without a doubt, so, without a doubt. Craig, let's talk. I know you were kind of wanting to talk about some current events. Yeah, just want to get your temperature on it. I don't really have, you know, obviously the two big things. Supreme Court just uh, overturned the student loan forgiveness proposition that Biden was, you know, one of his core aspects of his campaign. And then, of course, affirmative action uh, is is no longer legal. Right. Um, so I guess let's go with the student loans. Did you Did you both think that this was always going to be deemed as unconstitutional or illegal did you did you think this would get this would get overturned I, I did my gut was saying there's no way this passes because at what point do you draw the line with people i know it was a 20 what was it twenty thousand dollar forgiveness um yeah i thought it was just pandering it's 400 to, billion i think no i know but twenty thousand dollar forgiveness right up to twenty thousand dollars of forgiveness for someone but yeah it's it's I think it was more than that, Greg. I think you have maybe, yeah, 400 billion. Actually, you're right. Yeah. So I didn't think it would pass on an executive order kind of thing, but, you know, I don't know. And I know that dentists were, I think, oh, I think 42 kinda, billion, 42 billion. They were excluded from that because of kind of the, the high income potential, the high earning potential. I think doctors, dentists, lawyers, like I think post grad people were excluded from some of that, I believe. And that goes back so, into where do you draw the line? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, my issue was on that, my beliefs on that where, yeah, okay. I see it. I see the, I see the, his agenda, so to speak, but I was, I, I couldn't have told you, I didn't think it was going to pass. Things surprise me these days. <laughs> yeah. True. I thought it was going to pass. You kind of sit back thinking, yeah, executive order. Yeah, I get it. Shouldn't, but who knows? I, I think like this, these are my thoughts is, is number one, you know, the majority of Americans don't go to college. So to, to saddle the people that are hardworking that never went to college, to saddle them with the tax burden to pay off someone else's, you know, art history degree seems just inherently unfair. Right. But the colleges are are unfair. There's no truth in lending disclosure. You can, you know, that all the colleges, even private institutions, take public funding. And they and if we if we're ready to forgive the student loan, really, we're issuing loans. We, as in the colleges in America, are issuing new student loans today. People are 18 years old. They don't have any financial background or understanding. There's no truth in lending disclosure. And they're signing up 
for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student debt with no guaranteed form of a job that's going to pay them better because of that. Right. Um, and we're seeing surplus elites, as David Sachs likes to call them, the people, the 6,200 people that were cut out of Twitter. You know, there, there is, there's a massive amount of people who are overeducated and not valuable. And the colleges are the first step in that long process of creating that problem. And, and I think it goes so far to speak into dentistry as well, as we said before in the podcast, there's going to be a point with dental expenditure, dental school expenditures rising and dental salaries flattening that it just doesn't make sense anymore. And, you know, it's like, indent, it's like financial indentured servitude, right? It like, really so, is. And I would make the argument we're there. You would. I would. Okay. I mean, I have, I've had a number of associates in the past uh, in some of the offices that that had, I mean, it's staggering, north, well north of half a million dollars of debt. You do not pay that off at the starting dentist salary, yeah. not without eating up all of your discretionary income. Yep. And then at that point, when, when do you benefit? When's the ROI actually seen? And once the ROI isn't seen, who goes there? Who wants to do it? It's, it's sad, guys. It's sad it because you look at look at the, you know, as we transition to as a country and we have less access to capital and, you know, we have greater spending programs and more social spending programs. We, we kind of turn into like what it is in Europe. Like Europe's just ahead of us. They're, they're a more, they're an older society. In Europe, if you you don't get access to, you know, SBA loans like we do, if you're born the son of a shoemaker in Italy, you're likely to be a shoemaker. You're not going to be an Elon Musk as readily as in, in America. So if you take dental school expenditures and then you take the rising interest rate environments that we have now and less access to capital, there's going to be less opportunities for guys like the three of us. We were all, you know, in their own way, entrepreneurial, took on loans, took on risk and were rewarded for it. I worry that the dental expenditures make it even more grave because the systemic limitations to capital are, are here as well. So the entrepreneurial dentist has a less of a chance to become what he's supposed to be then, or she or she's supposed to be then. We did. That They're makes sense. At the front end, they never realize the potential because they never give it a shot. I agree with that 100. Yeah. So you think that inflection point is there, right? We're at that point. Wait, where... From the on the high end schools, everyone that I'm talking about mm -hmm. that I've seen dead at that level are they are in the top five of probably the most expensive dental schools in the country. Yeah. So like eighty thousand dollar a year tuitions, mm -hmm. right? At, le just, at, tuition. at least. At least. At least. Right. You know, forget about any kind of postgraduate education, things like that. So, yeah, I'm on the same page with y'all. I think it's a shame. I think, I, Craig, I think you're right. I think the schools and the lending, the business of lending, and let's not be confused, it is a business of lending, is allowing this to go pair, go up in, in, in cadence, with the same cadence, meaning they can... They can seemingly raise the tuition to whatever they want, and there will somehow be money to account for whatever whatever that tuition is. And Craig, to your point, they don't know if they can pay this back or not. It's saying, hey, the school says this is okay. Government says this is okay. It must be okay for me to take on this level of loan. And it's just not, unless you're going to be just a... A what? Unless you're going to be someone who's going to... A dentist who's just going to go out there and kill it and make... A tremendous amount of income over your career, which you know, I'm not what saying what percentage of that, Peter. Is, I don't and how know, does that, how does the if we're talking to the person who's listening to this that's in college, how do we know who's going to be that person? So, in good faith, it's it's a very interesting 
concept we're arriving at right now is it could we could we tell the listener here who's listening and in college that it's a good idea to spend 500,000 plus on their dental career at this point borrow 500,000 what do you what's what do you say trade uh, first from now keep in mind you're you're asking me a question that I'm going to answer through my paradigm and through my paradigm the answer is still yes well your paradigm is is what you did still readily available now as readily available now it is it is as readily available it just has a little bit more pain on the front end peter i would i would agree i would say it's still that i would my 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 cautionary advice would be even i would say you'd have to live kind of like a dental student five years post graduation meaning do everything you can to pay that off live lean and mean. Don't go buy the Mercedes. Don't go buy the BMW. Don't go buy the house. Live lean in order to get that abrasive debt down where it's manageable, where the debt service is manageable. Yeah. And so uh, let me touch on that because I think I see a lot of problems with that. When you do, when you say do everything you can, people hear that as shorten the term, crank up the dollar you know, per month, and that eats into your discretionary income, which can be discouraging. Oh, the, yeah. the back half of what the said that I agree with is <laughs> the goal is to get that the debt service manageable, in which case don't eat ramen for five years. You will not then turn around on your six and go get them. You need to get it manageable over a period of time and then increase your your actual your income over and above that to make to dwarf that. And but put it in a situation where it is a, a manageable situation from get go from the get go. Yeah. OK, great advice make your monthly payment as small as possible, then work to take tranches. That's what I did. I mean, yeah, it, I, I, I would accumulate a tranche of money. Let's call it $20,000. And then I would make, and I would send that as, as an abatement of the total debt, but I would can. So you're right, Trey. It's all about cash flow. Make the cash flow manageable. Don't set your term at like five years, for example, set it at 10 or 15 and then, and then make your cash flow tolerable and then take when you get a lump or you've done well or you've had a great month start sending in principal payback payments I, let me let me jump in here i i disagree with both of you guys because because really what you guys have done is you're both entrepreneurs and you paid a shit load of money to compete in this sector of entrepreneur of entrepreneurial you picked a very costly entrepreneurial segment so you spent shit tons of money you cut your teeth, no pun intended, in a less DSO saturated environment. And you, you, we, it's a lot. You guys could have easily saved the money, learned to code, built a business. I mean, look at, yeah. the, look at the amount, look at the mountain you had to climb to enter into the dental entrepreneurial space. Is it, you know, looking through that lens? Because you're both not practicing dentistry, you know, as am I, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying like, was it really, if you could go back and borrow $500,000 to start a co another business, what, where would you, what would you advise the person who's entrepreneurial? Because you, because really there's a person out there who just wants to be a dentist and doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. And that's most yeah. of the people that are probably listening. How would you advise that person? I think that, so you bring up a good point. The barriers to entry from a cost perspective in dental is huge. And Pete, I'm guessing you're the same as me. I didn't go into dentistry thinking I'm going to build a, a DSO. Like, I went in to be a dentist and then I Probably. learned how I could, how I could navigate that industry to do what I've done. But the idea of, 
of the what what Pete has outlined there in, in minimizing debt service to create cash flow, I think still holds because it it's as a single practice, you would still do the same thing to increase income because now you can still build cash to expand your own practice in whatever aspect you have. But that being said, Craig, to your question, no. I mean, we're in a we're in an so industry specifically service based. That's not an easy thing. To just specifically, Trey, uh, to answer the question, the person who's si- sitting here listening and saying, I want to be just a dentist. I don't think I'm a business person. That's I want to do that. I want to be a dentist. Would you still tell that person? Yes, yes I would. Because I don't, would. Both of you would dentistry, yeah. I don't think entrepreneurial dentistry, I don't think entrepreneurial dentistry and high collection of a private, your own two hands are exclusive, mutually exclusive, meaning that you need to, you need to do both. If you're going to be an entrepreneurial dentist, that's great. And you're thinking, I want to open lots of locations. But the first step is becoming, being able to do $2 million with your own hands kind of thing, right? You've got to be able to. Yeah, but that's not, I hate to say this guys, and it pains me to say it. I'm going to say no, because I look at the right. average salary of the dentist out there and I, we don't know these people, but that's the average, the average 175, 180 to take the average debt at 500 or whatever the hell it is, 400, 500, and then take the average salary. That's kind of crazy. Well, those numbers, I agree with you 100%. However, when you're talking about debt at that staggering level, we're not talking average. You're talking you're talking pinnacle. I mean, you're talking right. that is the high level of debt where most debt is actually down into that that smaller couple hundred grand, hundred grand, something in that kind, depending on where you go to school. In which case, on average, I think it is still a good program to go into. At that level, Craig, I think you have a good point. That, so that is, very, is the average dental school debt. Two ninety three, and the average dental salary one sixty nine, one seventy nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you know, know like in the point. housing industry, right? Like you always wonder, like how much house can I afford? And the ratio has always been like about four times your salary, right? That's about maybe three and a half to four times your salary is about the house you should buy. And, and I don't know if y'all have ever heard that. Maybe my dad told me that a long time ago. And I think it's pretty, that's good. So is there a rule of thumb on how much dental school debt should I be able to take on? If I'm going to make $150,000, where is the upper echelon? Right, that's that what debt? I'm saying. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I, Craig, I don't know. I think, look, I think we don't have enough data yet because this has been more of a, in the last 10 year phenomenon, right? It's just continuing to rise, continuing to rise, continuing to well, rise. Well, the schooling costs are going through the roof right. and the salaries are actually stabilizing. So amount of money being spent in dental is escalating. So more Americans are Americans are spending more on their dental care than ever before. I think we bring and up it's all not stabilizing. Point. The salary's dropping. Yes. Right. But so that means that the money's going to the DSO. It's going to or it's going to the Boldens of the world. You know, it's so, like I think it's that gonna... that is a good point. But you have to, you know, the other piece to this is financial acumen. I agree. Someone that has a stronger financial acumen whether it be from the get-go or learned it in college or something else, or someone that sees the barrier, then goes and learns the, the way around it, will still survive exceptionally well. They can play refinance games. They can play you know, debt, you know, moving debt from one place to the other in all sorts of different things. Learn leverage. You got it. So it's still, it's still out there. It just means you have to, you have to level up. You got to yep. get your, you got to get on the ball in terms of what you're going to do to be able to make yeah. this work at the you, same you level just, we used to. I think we bring up, I, I want to be cognizant. That's true. And I yeah. agree with that. I I, that is yeah. a good point. And it is, it is certainly worth saying that that is, you haven't had to do that in the past. 
Yeah, Craig, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say. I know we have to be. We have to pivot. We have to move. But it pains me to say it as a third generation dentist, a guy who loves our profession. I would say to the person that's in college right now, listening to this, and you don't have a wealthy family, and you're gonna be looking down the barrel of 300 grand in debt, and you really don't think you're an entrepreneur, and you think you might be at the average, it doesn't make sense for you. Unfortunately, it really doesn't. Craig, I don't think you should say you're a third generation dentist anymore. Okay. <laughs> What's what I said? Trey, you're a second generation, right? I am. So do you say I'm a second generation dentist? A I lot. So Craig, well, I think it takes away a lot of your uh, what you've accomplished, right? Because third generation <laughs> dentist means I, I got born on third base and I'm running towards home. Versus Peter <laughs> my wealthy Bowen family has been Peter carrying Bowen. me this whole way. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I did, guys. Versus did. Peter Bowen had to start base. at the batting box and run around and get you, right? You were started at third base. Trey, you got this. That's why Trey doesn't say I started at second base. He's, he I'm, Trey I'm started at second base. Yeah. kidding, dude. But when you say yeah. third generation dentist, it says code. My life has been pretty pretty cushy. And I and I was able to yeah, tell my well, I think there's, I think that that's I mean, a, I, I do mean, feel that way, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, look, I, I got, I would agree with that. You're all Delta deck of cards and I, right. this is cliche, but it's so true. It's how you play the deck of cards or the hand of cards you have been dealt. And some people have a leg up and that's, that's not good nor bad. It's, you know it what is. our, you know what our biggest leg up is the biggest leg up that the three of us have is we have a certain privilege. We have father privilege. Trey, you love your father. He's a good man. Pete, you love your father. He's a good man. I love my father. He's a good man. Mm. That is the biggest blessing ever. You know what I mean? We saw our dads work hard. Pete's dad was an airline pilot. Trey was a dentist. Mine's a dentist. They got up. They went to work. They did their thing. They instilled a good work ethic, and we looked up to them. Are they perfect? Yeah. No, they're not. But that is the biggest thing. That's our biggest single privilege yeah. is, is growing up with that. I so let, me, let me touch on that and then I'll segue it back into everything and we can move on. Yes, but to the person that doesn't have that, we also have each other. And that is a huge mm. aspect because the, the father-son relationship or father-daughter relationship, the, the mentor that you have in a parent of any sort um, is nothing more than a relationship. And a relationship, that one you're born with and you didn't choose, you also have friends that you can choose. And who you put yourself around is also going to be able to take the place of that if you, if you, for example, don't have that type of situation. You can create it. Yep. So it is nice when you have it, but it, it's not a game changer if you don't. And at the same time, that comes back to... Let's go back to the summit. Yeah, don't play the big guns. Surround yourself with people that are going to give you those relationships and then foster those relationships. Yeah. And, and that's a great point, Peter. Sorry to cut you one second. There was a lot of my career where I fought like like crazy with my father too. So as if you would have asked me at 28 or 35, like, you know, this father privilege idea, it was hard on me. You know, my father and I used to fight like crazy, you know, working with families, very difficult, Trey. I'm sure you, you've had sure. stories as well. Yeah, so, so Trey, I think in summation, you're saying, look, if you don't have that, then yeah. find it. But that's that's a, that's on you to find it, whether yeah. it's a study club yeah. or you, whatever it is, right? Join some support, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's yeah. ours or someone else's or study club, whatever. Like surround yourself with people that make you level up are gritty, right? The number one trait I'm trying to teach my kids is to be gritty. That's it. Not the smartest in the class, not this, but be gritty. Because I think I was extra gritty kind of growing up. And Craig, maybe you're right. Maybe I did learn that from my parents. Yeah, All but right. the, the network is huge. Network the, is the huge, network for is sure. App, it's the biggest part of my success was my network. Level 100%. up, right? 
Yeah. Don't don't hang out with five smokers because yeah. you will be the sixth. Yeah. Period. Good point. Trey. Thank you. All right. So affirmative action. I don't know if we have time for that. I want to get into some things, but it's you know I I think that I'm a big fan of meritocracy, you know, and I think that that Supreme Court reeling is you know is is good. And I guess it was what the Asians Americans that brought it brought it on to the Supreme yeah. Court, right? Yeah. The the Harvard incoming class. I think in the if you're in the if you're black and you're in the 40th percentile you had a better chance than if you were asian in the 100th percentile wow which is crazy but listen like like the student loan forgiveness thing the problem starts way way earlier and i just read a statistic that like only 18% of inner city minorities are at are graduating with proficiency in reading so if you have these 18%? people 18% of graduating of the graduating class of like I think it was in New York an African American something like that it was it was staggering the you point get this that right yeah I'll get that I'll get that right or at uh, least I'll Jamie Jamie can you make it up make it up no 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 I'll I'll put it in the comments on YouTube later but I'd invite people to comment as well but, but the point I'm trying to make is affirmative action won't help you there because right. if it does allow you to get access to the school, you won't make it. Because if you get bumped up through affirmative action into a very competitive program and you're not trained for it, it's going to make it worse for you, you know, or get bumped in a law school, you'll drop out. So it doesn't really help anything. So education, we need to really be focused on education and spending the money there. And not to make this political, but by the way, guys, I've been gobbling up RFK stuff lately. Yeah. I am like Huge every... Man. I am a huge fan. Yeah, I, I mean, too. he wants to close every, he just wants to take all the money from the military industrial complex and put it towards the middle class. And, you know, COVID was the greatest separator for our classes. It made the wealthy wealthier and the poor poor. And the inflation we're having is the tax on the, is the, tax on the poor. And it's going to get worse. And we need a strong, you know, middle class. And I'm just loving everything that comes out of this guy's mouth. I don't know all the issues. So like, as I learn, I'm like, oh, thank God. Or like, oh shit, that sucks. But like, he was against the affirmative action and it was kind of interesting to listen to it, but he, he has a very interesting take on it, which we won't go now through it. We got well, that comment, by the way, about RFK on, I didn't read the whole thing. What was it on YouTube? Did you see it? On what? We got a comment about RFK. Oh yeah, I read it. And basically it was someone coming to the defense of Dr. Uh, Hotez. Hotez, yeah. Basically saying like, look, you know, scientists are not debaters. And the best way to do this, which actually was recommended on the all in, I believe, or my, my first million was that, that the debate could could be long format written responses, because scientists aren't aren't debaters, they're not attorneys, like JFK Jr. is, would lick his chops to get into any kind of debate, because that's what he was bred to do, right. So, uh, so it was it was a contrarian view of us saying, I think because we were all in the kind of the JFK, like, let's see the fight. Let's see the fight. Yeah, RF, kind of, RFK. Yeah. RFK, I, sorry. That's a very well thought out response and very astute, I would say. Yeah. Good point. Yep. So guys, July, here we are in July. I'm going to pivot into kind of some more informational, some things that help the dentist. I know we, we love uh, we love the, the current events in the AI corner, right, Craig? You love that <laughs> AI corner. I loved it. I listened to it. I thought you guys did a great job. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good he job, building. Down the beer and listen. Yeah, he's like, I'm out. I'm out. Going back to my my boat. July for me is a, is a, is an awesome time of the year. Obviously, it's summer. You get to spend kind of quality time, but it also marks the halfway mark, and it's a great. You know, I'm a big fan of kind of auditing 
what you set out to do, whether that's the goal in the beginning of the year or the trajectory of your business, but it's a good place to kind of take some time and evaluate where you are mid midway. And so I'm a big fan of, you guys have heard me say this, kind of the, the, the one in 60 rule, which basically says that if you're one degree off of your trajectory, you will miss your target by one mile per 60 miles flown. And so the point of that is obviously little course corrections can help you get back on target, but you can't just wait until you're at the destination and be like, where do we end up? Meaning the destination, either a one-year goal or a five-year goal and be like, how do we do? So auditing is important. And I have some things that I kind of, I have some hypothetical questions that I would want to ask to the audience who's listening in case they would want to go through some of this process of auditing where they are. Any, you guys have any no, I love on that before I go. I love mm-hmm. this. I'm, I'm okay. excited. So some questions I've been asking really is, I think first off is like, what's my most important thing right now? And I, in my, in my organization, you know, as, as my executive assistant, Kim and some other people around me, I call them rocks. Like what are the big rocks I'm trying to, what I'm addressing? And it's not just one. It's usually in a, in a business category, a relationship category, a health thing, a diet, a fitness, happiness, family, whatever it may be. Right. And then I just make sure that the systems and habits I'm doing right now are aligned with my big rocks. Okay. So, and that's a, that's an authentic question. Are, am, are, are my habits aligned with, with achieving those rocks being done? Uh, the second thing I look at a lot is, is what cre- has created energy for me in the first six months of this year? What is lighting me up and what is draining me the most? And so I think in life as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, as adults, you know, from a fulfillment standpoint, you need to be looking at the energy vampires of your life because that's when you experience burnout. That's when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning because you're doing the shit that doesn't light you up. So audit yourself and saying, this gave me energy and this detracted from my energy and strive as much as you can work work tirelessly to to figure out a way to get the things that drain you off of your plate because the things that drain you like we've always said Craig the things that may drain you may be the fire for somebody else yeah any comments on that before I, I can I ask you personally what Please? is what are what are the things that are draining you you feel comfortable to share yeah so I mean kind of put me on the spot here a little bit no Trey what about you don't I don't want to put you on the spot Trey do you want to share yeah, I'm happy to share. So I looked at, I am scaling up. And my goal this year, as I kind of started looking at where I was going is to realize that I'm, I'm starting to gain a lot of velocity. So I've always looked at if I ever wrote a book, I would wrote a book that was based on three, three aspects of one being acceleration, then becomes momentum, and then you have velocity. And I'm starting to step into the velocity stage of this. And I'm starting to recognize that I have run lean intentionally for a long time. And I am, as I, I saw this coming, cause I've burned out in my career twice to the point where I hated driving to work. And I mm-hmm. basically learned I'm never going to do that again. I'm now very aware. I reflect a lot. I catch that way early. And I started seeing that happening again. And so like the, the first, first thing I started I've... realizing is my priorities in my life are my children who are very young and I want to spend time with them. And I don't want to ever be looking back thinking, man, I wish I didn't focus on my business so much. I want to make sure my my children are prioritized. And one of the biggest things as I drive forward and see this velocity starting to happen is I need energy. And energy is is, is something that I'm going to develop from health. So I really prioritized my health. 
what was happening yeah. was I was getting mentally drained over the last probably 12 months. And that was causing me to physically be drained. And then I was all my workouts and all my routine routines I've always been good at just fell off the wagon. And I somehow justified it. And come January, I started thinking, all right, I'm on, I'm on the ball. That means I'm going to be prioritizing doctors. I'm going to be prioritizing blood work. I'm going to be prioritizing my, my routine, my nutrition, my sleep, everything in order to up my level of energy to be able to still scale up gain velocity, protect time with my children that that's my inviolable time that I don't allow anything to encroach on and keep going because I think I'm at that level of, all right, it's time to 10x my, my productivity. It's possible through health at this point in time for me. So that was addressing the big energy suck for me. It was a literal energy suck. And then the the big positive that I've run to that I'm looking at from a where am I going and what's my check-in is the other thing I'm recognizing is I have always felt like we have had a phenomenal culture in my ecosphere. But as you get bigger and I become less, I become watered down, so to speak, in the, in the practices or, or really the relationships is more so what it is. You see that culture by chance does not scale. So I have made a big push over the last couple of months to really design my culture. It's going to be culture by design. And then I'm going to implement that across the board and how I, how I protect the culture moving forward. So it's not based on me or whoever, you know, one person, two people, those types of things. So that's the excitement as you start to realize that, and Craig, you'll like this because I've been labeled as the drinker of the, uh, the crew, but we actually sat down in a meeting and came up with, we have a happy hour culture. And the happy hour culture has nothing to do with booze and alcohol, but it is the idea of we spend time after work together where we truly enjoy each other. And that is something that we start pushing forward. And you start realizing as you see that gain momentum and gain steam, you start to see huge results just from a happiness perspective of what you're seeing in your team. So, and then that's fun to build. And then you see talent all of a sudden raising its hand saying, Hey, I want more responsibility or I want to, I want to do something bigger. You see assistants cap out on what they can contribute as an assistant. And they start saying, what else can I do? I mean, you see administrative people looking at it as how do I become part of the overall whole, not just part of this practice. That's all based on this inspiration and growth that, that tends to be driven by that culture and that so-called happy hour culture. So that's my, you know, the energy suck, how I've dealt with it. And then the real excitement of what I'm, where I'm headed this year and the check-in halfway through. Yeah, it's funny you're you're yeah, um, awesome, by the way. That was. It's funny. Like the the thing that's stressing me out the most is health right now as well. Yeah. Like that's my big thing is health. Do you put it on your calendar non-negotiable? Yes or no? Yes. You do. Why is it stressing you out? Oh, you're talking to me? Yes. Just because three weeks in Spain and my, I was with some good friends and like it's funny that you know, you, you show me your, you know, you said about your five smokers, you'll be the sixth. My, one of my best friends, Mike is uh, really, really fit and his wife, Ileana and my wife's super fit and we're on a boat in Spain and they're all just saying to me like, Hey, Craig, you're not looking so good. And, and, you know, the pain of that, like knowing that, you know, relating it to energy, vitality, children, I mean, nothing, the, the what do they say? The, the rich person wants a thousand things. The sick person wants one. So it's really important for me. You know, the, I think as, as a 51, soon to be 52 year old guy, you can get away with a lot. I mean, I was the guy that at 45 could literally not eat for a day and have a flat stomach again, you know, and then at 52, it's not the same. And 
combining that with some, you know, less than optimal blood work that I got back. That's, that's the thing that's stressing me out the most. Like that's, that's where that's, but you know, then that's just where I'm at. No, I think that's beautifully transparent. I appreciate sharing that. I mean, I think that's, I think a lot of people are probably sharing that same sentiment, Greg. I mean, things get out of, out of balance for a while, right? I think balance is a perpetual balance is a myth. And so you've just gotten your pendulum has swung a little too far into the gluttony phase. And so it's like time to get back to work. Like, right. But identifying that and being aware of it is step one. And then saying you're not okay with it is my point. And that's why I know that the pendulum will swing back. Yeah. And it's also in certain circles, I'm the fittest, you know, and in other circles, what circle is that? There, there, there's, I'm in several circles. I don't want to call it out. His weight because, loss program. <laughs> yeah. Like when I go to my AA meetings, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. When I go to like the BA meetings, I, I'm doing great. No, but I, I am in, there are, there are things I'm that I do you. in groups that I'm in where I am by far the fittest and healthiest person. And, and listen, when you, I went to the Cleveland clinic and they make you do max pushups and max everything like that. And the data says, okay, you're in the top blank percentile. Right. But it's like, is that really what you want? Like you don't, you want to be careful what circle you're competing with is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Yep. Look, I think it's, I love it. I love that you're, you're creating that. I won't, I won't comment anymore on that. I'm going to give you kind of my thing. Cause I think we're, Yours was health, Trey's yours was kind of making it time, availability, systems, culture. And the thing that drains me, believe it or not, is meetings. And so I kind of have gone on like more of a meeting sabbatical, so to speak, kind of just said no to a lot of things. I've kind of gone back to the memory we used to say, if it's not an F yes, then it's an F no. And so I asked myself or asked people, you know, could this, you know, could, could a, could a phone call be a text? Could a could a could an email be? I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna screw this up. But basically, like, not everything has to be a Zoom meeting, right? Not everything has to. Hey, let's jump on the phone, right? Not everything has to be. Why do I schedule my day around these things? And so that to me was, I'm I am a big momentum. Like, I get I get my blinders on during the day. I get working, and then I see a meeting on my schedule. I'm like, damn it, right? It really interrupts my progress a lot of times. So I'm just kind of saying no, ones that aren't super super important right now um so those are those are drink huh it's interesting because uh, as an extrovert i'm like i gotta meet certain you love me yeah 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 you love seeing hey let's do zoom i want to see your well, just, face just out of curiosity you know flying up just being i'm asking you a very transparent question i hope you can the meeting that i'm coming up on monday for me and and my buddy to come up to see you for the day is that like a you know no, i'm not that's that good you know why Tell it's me. because that's a big, what you're coming up for is a potential big rock. And so if I'm spending my time on big transformational things in my life, it's going to make, you know, the life of my it's employees. So funny. We're family. so different. Remember how, like when I came up for that other meeting, it was total bullshit. We went to dinner and you, we came back to your house. You're like, dude, I'm so pissed. Aren't you pissed? You flew all the way up here for this. And that, that was such a bullshit meeting. And I'm like, bro, I got to hang out with you. Remember? We're sitting in your yeah, living I do. room. I do. I do remember. Yeah. So it's just funny. Like I, I just get energy. I'll take all your, I'll take all your Yeah. Energy. You uh, steal all my energy coins. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, look, I am a big fan. I think, I think you guys are too. Maybe, maybe you're not, you don't write them down and your goals and things, but I have a working whiteboard in my specific office that I'm writing down like my things. Cause I think, you know, documenting your life is really important right? Being accountable to your life is really important. Otherwise you look back and be like, huh, what did I do the last 10 years? Right. 
And so like Tony Robbins said, this if life is worth living. It's worth documenting. And, and I think if life is worth living, it's worth auditing. And mm -hmm. so these is, this is why I'm bringing up the mid, the mid thing, because now is a chance that if you're not loving the way things are going, it's a good time to course correct. And it could be yeah. just one degree, one degree back, Craig, you know, one degree back in your fitness may get you back on tar to target for January and you may be exactly where you need to go. But if you didn't audit it now, you could be in metaphorically Tijuana, right? And you wanted to land yep. in LA. Yep. So also I think the last thing I'll say is like what or who is creating drag on my process and what or who is creating energy in in my year, right? And so we all know those those people that we just uh, don't want to be around or uh, they're just being dramatic in my environment or uh, you know, they're being toxic, you know, hygienist or a toxic employee or someone that you just dread seeing. Like that's an energy suck. Life is short. Don't tolerate that. Okay. Anything, anything, I think that was good, but I mean, I think it's good because but we didn't create a system around it other than just, just spend some time y'all. And if you're yeah. listening to this audit, audit your, audit your, audit your year so far. Our first to that note, the first videos that I actually have anybody watch mainly a doc is talking about self-awareness and self-reflection for that very reason. And yeah. July is a great time. You're halfway through reflect on the year, reflect on what your goals are. That makes you aware of where you're headed, where you are, you know, and then stand in that truth and drive forward. I contend that's one of the biggest powers of, of not, not to bring up mastermind, but any kind of group, Craig, or 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 the, the circle you surround yourself with is it just continually creates awareness about it. You can't just put your head in the sand about fitness when you're when you're surrounded by five fit people. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to be that's, like, that's Damn, the most important getting your nose rubbed. So that's why like the mastermind is like, you know, it's so good because you're continually getting exposed to all these cool people leveling up and you're like, damn it. All right, I'm in versus like being able to be by yourself on an Island in your dental office where you're the King or queen and being able to just say, Oh, things are fine. You know, like that's, that's, that's where progress doesn't happen there. All right. I'm going to pivot to, to, a, to a, one more thing. I know we're running, we're getting into the hour mark and I, you know, I am, a, um, do you guys know about fed now? We actually got a, at a mastermind text thread about this. I do not. Do you Trey? Do you know about it? I know the basics of it. Ready? I'm gonna give you guys. So we're gonna. I'm gonna give you a little bit of overview. Huge change is coming to the way people send and receive money. At some point in July, the U.S. Federal Reserve is going to roll out Fed Now, a new fast payment system. Now, as you'll probably know, moving money between bank accounts can take days. However, with Fed Now, it is going to take a matter of seconds. So, on the face of it, Fed Now is going to be very convenient and very quick, which means people will most likely happily adopt it. However, it does have some potentially very worrying features. There are signs that the Fed will be looking to build extra programmability into FedNow as the years go by. And this extra programmability could mean that the Fed is able to impose limits on people's spending and will also have oversight of what people spend, where they spend it, and how they spend it. What this means is that in the future, the Federal Reserve is going to have a whole lot more power and oversight thanks to FedNow. Financial privacy is going to be a thing of the past. And many believe that FedNow is in fact the precursor to the digital dollar, a US central bank digital currency. And if you know anything about those, you'll know they are not good news at all. Now you know what it is. Yep. I so, think and that brings up one word for me. What is oversight? 
yeah. and things get nervous. Surveillance. Yeah. 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 You know, it's the whole move against cash. You know, first it was COVID that said cash is dirty. Let's kind of outlaw it because you can't track cash, you know? So it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think that was a good put this bit video up because I think it's a good way to kind of educate people on, on it actually rolling out, which they are doing. You can go to the, the websites and see. And it's kind of like this, oh, look how cool this is going to be. It's a benefit to you, but it's really surveillance, right? Think about, you know, what Canada did with the tractor people who were the tractor, the farmers who were protesting, right? Think about what yeah. China does with the social credit system, right? Some people, the people who are bad actors in their economy can't spend the money. This is just one step further to the ultimate surveillance. Your side is a precursor to control. Yeah. yeah. Of course. power and everybody, you know, the abuse of power then becomes a... a so to me, and I know you guys think that I, you know, I'm the tinfoil hat guy, I'm Bitcoin guy, the crypto guy. This is to me, this is this is one more reason from a libertarian standpoint why I am a, I'm a big fan of, of crypto. And if you've been paying attention to what's happening in crypto, Craig, I know you are. No, actually, I shouldn't even say crypto. I'm going to say Bitcoin. If you're if you've been watching what's happening in the space, there's been a lot of things happening. Do you guys know what's going on with that? I know that the ET the public yes. sector money and ETFs and BlackRock and everybody's yep. just moving in. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to play another, I'm going to play another one more video. This is from Larry Fink, the, the CEO of BlackRock. BlackRock has $9 trillion under management, um, and, which means, and they are, they are pretty much the government or a big arm of the government at this point. And they're also uh, in dental, by the way, BlackRock. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're no dummies, right? You have, they have to deploy that $9 trillion pretty much everywhere. So they have applied for a, a a Bitcoin ETF, which the space, the industry is basically saying, this is the first one that's really got a chance because they are connected. And this yeah. is not, in my opinion, like this is not, this filing is not by coincidence. Uh, it's going to get approved. They actually just rejected it saying that it was inadequate, quote unquote, inadequate, but it will get approved at some time in the next six months. Um, but let me play this because it's interesting to see how Larry Fink thinks about this. It's, this is only one minute. The hits on BlackRock on our website was 3,000 on COVID, 3,000 hits on a monetary policy, and 600,000 hits on Bitcoin. So what that tells you is Bitcoin has, is, has caught the attention and the imagination of many people. Many people are fascinated about it. Many people are excited about it. The hits on BlackRock on our web. So sorry about when, the volume when there. That, when was that, Pete? Uh, the past two weeks. Basically, he was saying that, like, look, on our website, COVID happened. We got 6,000 hits. Bitcoin has made 600,000 hits for it. So it's it's stimulated the, you know, the ideology of humans, right? You know, programmable money and fair money and, and things like that. So the the... Another thing that's happening right now, y'all, is we are coming up to, and I think I mentioned this the last time we were coming up on the halving. You know what the halving is for Bitcoin? So every 10 minutes, right, there is a block reward given on the Bitcoin protocol, okay? So the miners, that's how the miners secure the network. That's how they're paid for securing the biggest computer network in the planet is through the reward that happens every 10 minutes, right? So you've heard of Bitcoin miners, of course, Trey, right? Correct. That's how they make that's how they make their money is by the reward that goes to the block. So that happens every 10 minutes and it has since inception 2009. Currently the reward is 6.25 bitcoin, right? So roughly it's $180,000 of of 
value that is reward every 10 minutes in, in Bitcoin. So that is about a stock to flow ratio of, I'm not going to get too technical because I'm worried I'm getting anxiety that Craig's about to crush me. Um, that is basically the stock to flow is, is, a, is, is about equal to gold right now. Meaning that if gold price rises tremendously, then a bunch of gold miners go in and, and increase the, now, the cost to mine per unit is about gold. So well, if, it's about the same, right? You can it. if gold all of a sudden goes, yeah, but just keep right, going, keep going forward. I think we three hundred thousand dollars. Then all of a sudden we got a bunch of gold miners in the space. Right? Everyone's going to be yeah, you'll frack it at a certain point. It's right. So you can manipulate that that number versus Bitcoin. You cannot. It's programmatically right. that is the amount. So, so what happens with the having? So the having every every four years, Bitcoin's having the block reward side size gets cut in half. So. In March of 2024, March or April of 2024, the reward every 10 minutes is now going to go to 3.125 Bitcoin. So the reward gets cut in half. Okay. So historically, and now there's been, now there's been, this will be the fifth happening, the fourth happening or having, whichever one you call it, they're, they're, they're both correct. But there's been data that suggests buying Bitcoin six months before the halving. And then holding and selling potentially, if that if that's what you wanted to do, um, eighteen months after the happening is when you actually can make a bunch of profit. And again, just going on the on the three times historically this has happened. The caveat I want to say to that is actually not in the caveat. The augmentation to that is that if this ETF passes, which it's going to, then all of a sudden it opens up a floodgate from us from a demand standpoint. So that right. so we have this limited supply, supply going down, right? And now a demand going to where now where the boom. Yeah, because if the Bitcoin price goes up by four, even mm -hmm. if the having having happens, you're still going to ha have a double the reward. There are asymmetric. You know, there are times, guys, when I will go on record, and, I, and I'm not always a bull. I'm not a perma bull that says buy now, buy now, buy all the time, right? You, and Craig, you can yeah, attest. Yeah, you are. <laughs> well, okay, but I'm not. I'm not telling people, right? And I'm not doing it. I mean, but I you're telling me you've never you never told me this is not a good time. But it's fine. Keep going. That's not well. Okay, but I'll, maybe that I feel there are better times than others, right? When there's when when the when the data is is on the table, so to speak. When you can see things happening, you have history of the past 11, 13 years. Um, I feel like right now is a very big asymmetric risk, meaning that there is minimal downside, and there's pretty big upside right now from now well from now until you know when the etf passes like i said an let etf me, passes, let me float, I think let me float a counter to that hundred thousand okay let me let me just float a counter argument to this Please. and i agree with everything you said and you know the the michael saylor description of bitcoin from like four years ago was perfect like the pressure control like it's it's perfect money i totally get it but you brought it up on the heels of fed now so because okay the, because I, the U.S. Well, let me just kind of complete what I'm sorry. thinking and then yep. and then address it. My thought is that Bitcoin, the government only exists for control and money, and control of money is paramount to the government as well. Okay. So, how is any government going to allow Bitcoin? Or are you pushing forward that you believe Fed now goes in with Bitcoin somehow? No, what I'm saying is that actually coin, so BlackRock has actually chosen Coinbase to be the custodian of the spot ETF, right? So with with that, uh, you know, that goes into KYC, right? Know your customer. And so it's not that Bitcoin has ever been, I don't think they hate it, but they want to be able to surveil it, have surveillance on it the same way as FedNow. And so I think it's kind of the- It takes away power from the USD. Potentially. 
potentially. So how are they not going to fight it tooth and nail? Well, they are going to fight it, but they've already come out and declared that property. So that's what I'm saying. If that is finally approved, Greg, and there are lawsuits going on with Coinbase, there are lawsuits going on with GBTC. Uh, and so at some point, you know, there's actually speculation right now that Gary Gensler has resigned and he's the SEC chair because he's been a little negative on Bitcoin. This is kind of like today's kind of today's news or rumor. So I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know, Craig, I hear you on the, will they lose power? But I don't think, I think they can both coexist. Meaning I don't think that Bitcoin succeeding and the dollar failing has to happen. Yeah, I, I see in a vacuum what you just said about Bitcoin being very compelling. But if if the government feels that it's a threat, um, to their sovereignty or their power, it, they're going to make it. They're going to prohibit Bitcoin. I know you say you can't. You, you just know. can't. I mean, even 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 they've come out and even said that. I think the um, the monetary fund, the World Monetary Fund, says, look, like trying to ban Bitcoin, like is probably going to be a, an exercise in futility. Hey, by the way, not to bring it back to my 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 candidate du jour today, but you know who's very favorable on Bitcoin is your boy RFK Jr. He 100%. says the same thing. He's like, just you know, we're going to miss out if we try to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All things without government meddling, Bitcoin. I'm I'm the same as you. Like originally when Peter and I looked at this, it was like, what's the world value of gold? Well, how many bitcoins are there? Take the value of gold divided by the number of bitcoins. It puts each bitcoin at like five hundred thousand, right? We did this before. Yeah, analogous to gold's market cap would be yeah, store of value. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's a lot more utility. You can't go to Starbucks and carve off a gold ingot and use it. There's utility for for Bitcoin. So yeah, I, I hear you. I just, I bring it up because honestly, I feel like there's so much going on and, and if you're not in touch with the space and I know that a lot of people really like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and things like that, listen to it. It's just like, they like AI. And so like, I felt that there was enough things going on to mention it on this pod, quite honestly. So look, look, going back to the pomp podcast, December 16th, 2020 pre pre COVID. Well, that was pre COVID. No, it was post COVID actually. Or, or during COVID, I suppose, you know, you, your, your thing was get off zero, put some of it. You were making a compelling argument at that point. Bitcoin was 18 K. It was pre COVID. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and that was actually Craig. I was thinking about this in the car the other day. Remember how much we were beating and I need to, we need to go back and find these pods or maybe it was the pod or the mastermind, but we were telling everybody take leverage right now, take money at 3% cause we're going to an we're going to an inflationary environment. Soon. Oh yeah. There were right. several pods like that. Make sure you refund it. You're looking at all your loans, borrow money, borrow money. We're talking about, you know, I agree, I, but yeah, I think I'm like taking loans right now and I'm like, damn it. I should have taken like massive lines of credit back then, but like hindsight, right? 2020. But all right. Anyway. So next pod guys, if we're, we're going here, we're going to, I'm going to talk about the language of money. I may just bang that out as a, just a quick, primer so you guys don't have to do it in just a separate pod myself i'll just go through i actually have a presentation i wouldn't mind do. being a part of that if you okay. don't mind and then we'll go through the actual the loi for a a mysterious practice that from a private equity um and then i'm going to leave you with this so from a happy happy fourth of july do you guys remember this video west virginia blue ridge mountains shenandoah river Remember it? Yeah. yeah. It went viral, right? So the video I just showed, if you're listening to this, is is Zuck on his foil uh, with an American flag, and he's and uh, he it went it went viral, right? And everyone made fun of his like I guess they're making fun of his sunblock. He had like a bunch of zinc oxide on his face and just being dorky. 
Zuck is Zuck's stock has gone up, by the way, between oh, MMA. Yeah, he's kind of between MMA and him fighting Elon Musk potentially, and like he's just kind of turned into like a stud. And and he determined what was important to him, Trey: family, fitness. Right? Um, obviously, he's a billionaire, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. But so he's I'm a legit MMA guy, by the way. He's he's got his BJJ down. I mean, maybe not MMA, but his BJJ is like good, pretty good, right? So I'm going to show you uh, the the country response, the bulletproof response to Zuck's thing. Dude, you got a hoverboard? I think so. Yeah. Trying to get it on video. There you go. That's cool. That's cool. Pellets out? Huh? Are you shooting? You have a gun that's shooting? No, no, I'm holding the controller, but that was, that was me going through the, we have a, we have a lake parade where people decorate their pontoon. And so I brought my e-foil out and pulled the Zuck. And look who won. Look who won. No nice. way. Good for you. Well, well next well, year. I was first place in smallest boat. And, and I, my dad started laughing at that. He was like, smallest boat? Really? As we all should. As we all should. That's awesome. So I want yeah. the mullet, though, next year. You What's got 12 that? months. 12 months. I want the same thing with with hockey hair, with a nice mullet. Well, I kind of do have a mullet right he's now. He's got a hockey. He's got hockey hair. Yeah, yeah he's not... got a grown out mo mohawk. Yeah. We need. I mean, you need long, straight. You want to? I got twelve months to put on a uh, put on you six inches. You got twelve months. You know, Nothing hair. says I have nowhere to be and I control my own schedule than a forty-eight-year-old man with a fucking mullet. I, I fully <laughs> agree, and it's beautiful. <laughs> the hey. ultimate flex. Pete, I ran. I, so you and I talked. I don't remember how long. I think it was at the summit, maybe. And it might've been last year. Uh, oh shit, it might've been the year before, but I told you, I realized my goals need to change. I want to more, I want to wear t-shirts more often and I, I need a mohawk. Yes. So hey. I have a, a huge array of t-shirts now that I yeah. wear every day. And now yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking I got to get a haircut today. And in my head, I'm thinking, hey, do it. Be the day. Hey, guess what, bud? You know today what? Today should be the day. Here's where I thought I'm a, it's a little ridiculous, right? At Craig, to your point at 48 years old, but I, I felt like I played within the bounds. I played within the, uh, the guide rails, the guardrails for most of my life. And so yeah. you get one fucking ticket, you know, I'm like, I'm a, that's my, that's going to be my, my token cussing on the podcast. Remember this, you get one ticket when you're on the tail end of your life, potentially historically speaking, when you're on the downward slope, you just, you know, you don't, give a fuck anymore and so you just realize that you know living your life for other people or what people think is just complete bullshit yeah i mean anyway, that's I my happy fourth of july to you guys. Years wearing that's a tie beautiful. Every day. beautiful right so trey we'd like I'm, next time i see you which will probably be august you've got great hair i expect a uh, i expect a proper proper, proper mohawk proper something you know be great you, you do you but you yeah know, no i get it i get it i'll bring i'll bring some i'll bring the egg in I love, it, I love it. That's why I love you. See? Sure. All right, guys. We are at 120. And like always, when I'm making these agendas, I'm like, man, we can even, I'm always like plugging in more content, more content, more content in the agenda because I'm worried that it's going to be too anemic and it's time. And uh, true to us, us wanting to all have the microphone, we, we go is, into. Not a worry. If Dwight had been here, we'd be a, like, we'd, we'd have a two hour podcast, right? yeah um, hey by the way everybody if you're liking this content and you love it please comment we love the comments really do yeah we actually you know i think actually most most podcasters i've been i've heard that i listen to are encouraging comments on youtube because obviously when you listen to it on your app you can't you can't 
can't collaborate or comment or they can't comment back. So like, so do that. If you haven't watched it on YouTube, you know, we do this by video pretty much every time. And, uh, and, and we read every comment, you know, we don't have a tremendous amount of them, so it's really easy, but whether it's, whether it's, whether it's good comments, bad comments, you know, whatever you feel like telling us, we will, I promise you, we will receive what you're saying. So, uh, that's it. Fellas, happy fourth. Happy, happy fourth, fourth guys. guys. Okay. We are over and out. See y'all soon. See you next don't week, forget, Peter. go check out bulletproofsummit.com if you haven't looked at it. I don't know if the room blocks are still available, but definitely check out the landing page for that. It's We work on it all year long, and it's very robust from a curriculum standpoint, from a speaker standpoint, from a track standpoint. You know, we have three tracks going concurrently, so it's not all of us in a room, you know, you and your hygienist in a room you and your assistant in a room, you and your office manager, it's tracks where they're going off and learning things. Most conferences I've been to guys in the past year has been just everybody in the same room. So I think we're really the only ones doing it where we having tracks, right? Where there's independent learning and then you're coming together for synergy. So anyway, go to the web. All right, over and out. All right, guys. See you guys.